Hello y bienvenidos to Mustangs in the Field, a podcast which not only celebrates our community, but also a tool to help current Milwaukee students see a path towards a potential career. I hope to inspire our current students to see school as an important step in helping them achieve their future goals by sharing stories of Milwaukee graduates and their journeys. I'm your host, Roberto Aguilar, a longtime and proud school counselor at Milwaukee High School and the Milwaukee Academy Arts in our lovely city of Milwaukee, Oregon. I'd like to take a moment to acknowledge the wonderful folks of the Mustang Born Alumni Scholarship Foundation who work tirelessly year after year to provide annual scholarships to several deserving Mustang graduates. You can assist and donate to the Mustang Born Alumni Scholarship Fund by utilizing Amazon Smile, the Fred Meyer Community Rewards Program, participate in the monthly bottle drop activity, PayPal, and many, many more ways. To learn more, check out the Mustang Born Fund website at www.mustangbornfund with a d at the end.com. Now, I hope you're enjoying that background music that you're listening to right now. It's by Milwaukee graduate Morea Massa, M O O R E A M A S A. She's a lovely individual, and this is one of my all time favorite songs. So please enjoy, and thank you for tuning in to Mustangs in the Field and sticking with me throughout this hiatus. Go Mustangs. I see you fighting that fight too. And when you leave, I'm here for you. Welcome to Mustangs in the Field. Um, I'm Roberto Aguilar. Today's very special guest is Makai Broussard, class of 2012. How are you doing, Rand? I'm doing well. Yeah, I'm doing well. It's been a while. How are you? I'm doing, I'm really excited now. I was, feel, honestly, I was a bit tired. I'm here at work still, you know, but now I'm already rejuvenated, just seeing your face. <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, yeah. So I, I never, you know, we can't assume that everybody knows what's going on. So the idea is that I'm interviewing graduates in Milwaukee or even alumni in Milwaukee, sometimes you don't graduate, and trying to share those stories of you all growing up as a young Mustang and some of the paths you've taken to become what, you've, what you're doing right now, right? And we know that can change in the future. And then I'm hoping that the students listen and it's in their Google Classrooms and all that good stuff. But, you know, I'm just trying to share stories because it's, it's all love. So I got some questions for you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's dive okay. in. Yeah. So obviously, first of all, could you introduce yourself? And I always wanted to hear like how you would have identified as a youth when you were here. Yeah, um, my name is Makai Broussard. Um, I use he, him, his pronouns, um, and I identify as Black and African-American. All right. And as a youngster in high school, was there like, you know, like I always say, like I was a nerdy jock i think is probably how i would describe myself what were what were you like what would what would that label have been that's awesome no i actually relate to that a lot as well i feel like growing up in general i was pretty introverted you know somewhat of a, a shy kid i've always been into art and creativity so i feel like in order to do that you need to recharge on your own so 
I feel like by the time I got to college or not college, but high school, I ended up um, playing sports, you know, and, and essentially that opens you up and you become, you know, uh, in with that crew as well. So in terms of high school, you know, I would describe myself as a bit of a mix between being extroverted and introverted. Um, like I mentioned, you know, I played sports, I played basketball and track. Um, so definitely enjoyed being a bit of a, a class clown as well. Uh, but at the same time, like I mentioned, I kind of needed some alone time to just draw and read and play chess at times. Um, and I feel like I had a good mix of friends as well. Um, so some that were considered in high school, like popular, but, and really social, but on the other side, um, I had some friends who remained pretty low key. So in high school, I think like a nerdy jock is kind of a, <laughs> is a good way to put it. Right. Yeah. That though, I always thought it was a good way. And, you know, I wish I got to know you. I wish I got to know every student more when, when we're students. Um, but there's that, you know, that boundary, professional boundary, you know, trying to be authentic, but also professional. So I like, I appreciate hearing that, um, that introverted side. I would have loved to play chess with you in high school. Um, so like, what are you up to now? What do you do? Like, I've seen some of your social media and it looks like you're doing some really awesome stuff, but what's your job title and who do you work for? Yeah. So currently I work in advertising. Um, I work as an art director at an agency called Wyden and Kennedy. Um, it's actually originated from Portland, Oregon, uh, but I'm currently in New York right now. Um, but my role as an art director um, typically includes working with brands to, to come up with ideas, um, what we call concepting. So really it's, it's a lot of fun. It's, you know, as an artist and someone who enjoys creativity, it's sort of like playing in the sandbox, if you will. But, um, you know, there's certain needs of brands and certain tasks, whether it's a commercial or a social post or um, a billboard, things like that. Um, but in terms of my actual like day-to-day, -day, anything from um, coming up with ideas, uh, designing, um, I've done wardrobe styling, um, some directing, editing, um, it's presenting work to clients. So it's really kind of the whole thing. Um, there's different departments within advertising that a lot of people don't know about. But since I'm on the creative side, um, I get to be um, kind of in charge and, and touch a lot of the stuff executionally that you see out in the world. So, um, you know, like the Super Bowl ads, for example, like um, someone has to think of that idea and has to think of the wardrobe and, and the script writing and the timing of things and the coloring. So there's so much that goes into it. Um, so it, it's fun. It, it keeps me on my toes, but I definitely am still learning, you know, every day, every time I go to work. Yeah, man. So are you saying you, you're making, you made a Super Bowl ad for the share? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> That's not what I said yet. Can't, <laughs> can't leak too much, but, uh, <laughs> but overall, uh, whether it's the Super Bowl or it's, you know, on social or, or print, um, just anything that has to do with, you know, the, the creative side of it, that's kind of where I come to play with, with me and my partner, who's actually a writer. So we, we work as a team, um, okay. even though I'll write sometimes, I'm mostly the art guy. You're mostly the art guy. And yeah. so does that mean, I was cool. I was curious if director makes it seem like there's several people be you know, underneath you, but your team, that's cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's super collaborative. I mean, to be honest, like, you know, I think when you have the, the, the title director in your name, you know, you should be able to uh, have a shot at leading for sure. But like on most projects, there's like an art director and then you work with, um, you know, an actual director and there's, there's a lot of different, um, you know, intricacies between the jobs, but, but overall, yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. So skill wise, I mean, concept is probably a lot of sketching. Do you like record audio and visual and music and all that stuff? Yeah, no, that's a good question. I, I guess for me, it depends on the project. But overall, like um, 
I think a lot of the projects that I've touched so far in my career have been sports oriented. And obviously like, you, you know, you know me, I, I love sports. So I feel like inherently that's been helpful for me. I've, I've always drawn it. Um, I've always played it. So I think when it comes to coming up with ideas, whether that's, um, you know, on the go and think of something and jot it down in your notes, it becomes a sketch later. Next thing you know, you put a color palette to it and it kind of, be, you know, comes to fruition. So uh, I, it's, I get asked that um, here and there just around like the creative process. And to be honest, there's not like a perfect way to do it. I feel like my, my mind's kind of always on. Um, and sometimes I get to an idea uh, differently. Um, so it, it, there's not a tried and true method, but it's definitely... Yeah, it's definitely, you know, when you land on something cool. All right. Maybe that's a, and maybe artists know that thing, right? <laughs> feeling that artists have. Right. Um, so I don't think you shared, but you're in New York City, mm -hmm. right? So how did you get from Milwaukee? What was next? Like you just walked into the office and, hey, I'm an art guy and you're an art director. Like what was the path? Yeah, that was it. I graduated from high school, just moved to New York and then said, give me an art director role. And that was it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's been it's been quite the journey. Now that I think about it, you know, I after Milwaukee, um, I went to the University of Oregon down in Eugene. Um, honestly, I switched up my major several times. I went in um, thinking that I was going to go into architecture. Um, then I switched to product design, marketing, um, and then finally landed on journalism with a focus in advertising. And, you know, I always knew that I wanted to do something creative, but I wasn't really sure how to apply that professionally quite yet. Um, but the ad program at U of O, which I found later um, as a junior, um, it's one of the best in the country. Um, it's definitely competes with a lot of um, like portfolio schools and grad programs throughout, and you're getting the same skill level for um, an undergrad. So it's just a, a really good program. Um, and they are really successful in terms of alumni base. Like they um, are, are good to reach out to um, help, you know, others as, as they move on. And so I found the program. Um, and then three days after graduating from that, I actually moved to San Francisco for my first internship. So I went down there at a spot called heat. And that was kind of my first experience working as a intern art director. It's like, what do you actually do? You get thrown in the fire. Um, so being involved in like your official briefing, like you, you literally get like a, a sheet of paper that's your brief of like, here's your audience, here's the deliverable, here's the timing. Um, and then you kind of run with it and just come up with some fun ideas and, um, you know, learning early on that there's a difference between something that's just art and tasteful and, and subjective versus something that that's pointed and, and does a brand's, um, you know, does something for the brand, um, whether that is like shifting people's perspective in a, in a positive way um, or literally selling a product, <laughs> you know, uh, so they, they all kind of have their, their own thing. But after San Francisco, uh, I was there for about three months. One thing that I learned for myself was that, you know, coming out of college, I was really eager just to land something. You start to think about that security that you had for four years and now what's next? How am I supposed to start making money and like, you know, start, uh, planning for the future. So I, one thing that I learned there was that, um, that I am, am capable of choosing a job just as much as they are choosing me. And when I was there, I realized that I just, I wanted something a little different. So instead of forcing it for like a full-time job, I actually took a second internship up in Seattle at a shop called Wong Duty, which was actually started by a, a University of Oregon alum as well. His name's Tracy, Tracy Wong, um, and his, his chairman, uh, Pat, Pat Duty as well. So I was there for about three months. 
um, worked on some cool brands like Papa Murphy's, which was ironically my first job um, (laughs) in high school. Uh, So that was fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So just that was a cool moment working full circle to then start working on like TV scripts and and things like that for company I started with. Um, So I was working on that a couple of things. um, But when the internship ended, I moved back to Portland. And I landed a, my first full-time gig at a spot called Laundry Service. And, and that was honestly when I started to really like dig my teeth into what it meant to be an art director. Um, we were working on Jordan Brand. And as you know, again, big, big sports head over here. So working with Jordan Brand to um, pump out content for their social. Um, and every time there was a sneaker drop, like what that looked like. And so that was the time that I really started to travel a lot more. Um, I ended up going to Paris a couple of times. I went to NBA All-Star Weekend, started working with celebrities like uh, like Neymar and, and Billie Eilish and DJ Khaled and Russell Westbrook and all these people that just, it started to put things into perspective for me of how, how uh, smaller, I guess, the world was getting um, the, the, the more I was getting into my career. So that was my first full-time gig. And then I ended up, going to another spot in Portland um, called Swift. And honestly, that was like some of the best people I've, I've ever met there. Um, But unfortunately it was around the time of the the pandemic. And of course we all have our pandemic story, but that they kind of took my, my projects as well. Uh, Everything kind of got shut down. And so ultimately I just was faced with the decision. Like I had always dreamed to uh, live and work in New York and um, I got an offer at a spot called Joga five and they most recently were named agency of the year and agency of the past decade. So they were kind of notably known for like the top, top of the top. And so I, uh, me and my partner, actually my work partner, Nate, um, him and I both got an offer to move out there as a team. And so we packed our bags and um, ended up working there remote, you know, for a while, but ultimately in the back of our head, we're like, okay, we, we know we eventually need to physically move there. Um, and I moved to New York about um, almost a year ago in March and mm. been here ever since. And I was, I was working at Droga for about two years and um, it was, it was epic. Like I, I got to do the biggest work I've ever done, go on commercial shoots in LA and, and DC and just uh, do just kind of bigger projects overall. It was really um, creatively fulfilling and, and helped me build my own portfolio up. So then that's where it kind of brings me to today is um, I got, we, we got approached as a team um, as an offer to work at Wyden and Kennedy. And that's always kind of been, um, you know, a North star for me because being from Portland and knowing that they are, you know, most famously known for building up big brands like Nike, all, all the things that you see of Nike is like from Wyden um, and then brands like Coke, Coca-Cola as well. So um, just felt like it aligned with things beyond just work for me and, um, so now I work here as an art director um, and I work on McDonald's as the, as a main client for now. All right. Me encanto. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. I was, man, I go there too much, but I, hey, yo. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> not, not bad. It's good. Yeah. Um, before, you know, I just got to know like New York city, right? Like that's now, was a dream of mine too. Like I used to live in downtown Portland because I wanted to live in a building and I was yeah. only on the seventh floor. Like, like, I'm, so I'm, I'm in my mind, you have like huge buildings everywhere. You're like, it's not like friends. I'm thinking more modern, you know, that's my style. Like, like, are you up in a building and what floor and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I am 
Yeah, here, I'll show you. This is my room over here. <laughs> Woo, look at that view for those of yeah. you who can't see. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So I, I moved to downtown Brooklyn and um, I'm on the 27th floor of a corner unit, which is pretty wild. I know it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of big. So this is, this is a setup here and I'll just oh, take yeah. you over to. Oh, it's cozy. It's very cozy. So look at those plants too. Look at those plants. Yeah, it's, it's getting there. So this is the the views. Um, the buildings are definitely tall. There's a lot of areas that you know have like two story walk ups and things like that. But when I moved here, I wanted to have a spot that felt a little bit more comfortable. And I have roommates too, you know. So we all kind of had to think about our priorities and stuff. But it's definitely what you're thinking of. It's big. There's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of people here. <laughs> That's one thing that I've noticed a couple of times recently. I'm like, wow, there's just so many people here and there's all these things going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Thanks for letting me go on that supplement. I don't call them tangents. I call them supplements because you learn a lot in these you know. <laughs> virtual tours. Yeah. All right, man. Well, okay. So you did this. I mean, it's amazing all that work you're doing. Great job. Because that's hard work. You made that happen. That's that's amazing. I'm curious, were there any, ever any times you're like, man, I don't know if this is, I don't know if I can do this. Like whether that was in college or along the way, like, you know, because I feel like sometimes that those doubts come in. And, and if you did feel that way, you know, how, what did you do to help push through it? Yeah, it's a good question. I think that it's, I, I think that everybody goes through that. You know, it's human to feel that imposter syndrome or start thinking, you know, those thoughts mm -hmm. creeping in of like, am I supposed to be here? Do I really know what I'm doing? Like, am I this talented? And no matter how much reassurance you might get from the world, it's like those, those thoughts still come in. So yeah, absolutely. I remember definitely, um, you know, senior year, it, it seems like the capstone on a lot of, uh, you know, the, the important phases of my life, like high school, senior years when it started to creep in of like where what's next you know it's like okay you survived not dropping out you survived everything else what's after and then you start to get those questions too from like you know friends and family and and all that it's like you know what's next and so I feel like that's when that anxiety for me kind of came into uh, being a little uncertain because that was such a pivotal time like you can start to you know take a year off or go to community college and then dream of a bigger school and there's just so many points where you could take a different direction and so for me I was uncertain senior year but thankfully I had a lot of support um, not just from my family but friends' family as well like the Wilkins uh, Becky and Marty were were huge advocates for me they helped me really like you know look into colleges and things like that because my um, I'm the first one in my family to graduate high school let alone college and actually have like a quote-unquote you know professional career and so I didn't really know a lot of those um, processes of just applying and like taking the SAT and GPAs and all, just all those things that I think a lot of people just um, it's sort of a given for them because of how they've been brought up, um, thankfully for them. Um, so I'd say senior year and then um, choosing a major in college is another, another pivotal point where I'm like, I'm uncertain, like I mentioned before, you know, architecture, product design, what does that look like in two years when I've committed and now I have to choose like a job and, and all that stuff. Um, but every single time uh, I, I went through that, I just remembered and, and reassured myself that I am supposed to be here, you know, and to silence that imposter syndrome that would creep in and just lean on my support system, you know, trusted teachers, colleagues, family, things like that. Um, cause it's easy to get in your head, 
Um, and especially, you know, I think it's helpful. And that's why I love doing, you know, these kind of talks is because for me, seeing people who were once in my shoes kind of reach for the stars and go out there in the world and do awesome things, um, helps me be reassured that I can do that too. So yeah, definitely, definitely something that even today, I think we could all, uh, say that we've, we, we deal with. Yeah. Yeah. No, thanks for sharing. And yeah, trying to build that support system, whether it's one person or a couple of folks, whatever it is. So that's always important. Yeah. So thanks for sharing so much. Of course. Um, all right. So, you know, I got these questions. I think, I think we're going to move to Milwaukee high school talk. Like, yeah. you know, let's start with the fun stuff. What's some of the things like, what are those memorable moments that you had uh, the fun times here at Milwaukee? Hopefully there were some fun times, you know, can you share any of those? Yeah, I have a lot. I mean, I definitely remember some of the bigger moments that I remember was, um, was going to the state championship for basketball my senior year. And that was the first time that Milwaukee had done that since winning it all in 1954. So it had been a long time. It had been almost 60 years. So or more than 60 years. So that was just a, an, an epic memory. Obviously we, we took second place that year or else it'd be an even better memory, but the experience was so awesome of just playing at U of O and, and being a, you know, an eighth seed and being the one seed and then being our rival in the semi and just like that ride with the, you know, the guys that you grew up with and the choices to, um, you know, do uh, double practice a day and just like really be committed to that. I think those memories for sure will last a lifetime. Um, also got prom king that year, which was like really unexpected and funny because um, <laughs> shout out Amanda K because she we had a, a we had joked at one point that like um, that we were gonna like dance at prom and and she was like no there's no way like you know that's not gonna happen I was like yeah I'm not gonna dance with you and then she ended up getting um, prom queen and I got prom king and we had to like <laughs> go in the middle of the floor to share a dance it was just like you could have written a better scenario um <laughs> so i'd say yeah state championship and uh and prom king were just like some cool kind of polarizing moments for me but also just like um the times that i spent staying after class with someone some of my teachers like miss mo i think miss mo is like a big advocate for me and kind of helped me lean into that the art side a little bit more for me and really uh definitely had some standards for me that I had to stick to. And then just like going during lunchtime to go play NBA jam down by like the, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that area in the school. Mustang market. Yeah. The Mustang market. Exactly. And just like, just remember like saving quarters to like go and play with like a, a bunch of people. So it's like those kind of things that just, um, that I remembered a lot. Um, and then of course, like academically I feel like there were some classes that I really enjoyed some in Ma, a little bit more like project based you know and things like that but yeah those are just a, a few of the memories that I had all right so I heard you shout out uh, Ms. Mo a long time art teacher who's no longer here she's retired mm -hmm. were there any other actually I'm curious about other in, either Milwaukee or U of O or wherever other folks that were influential in helping you make you know uh, well, not, maybe not make a choice, but along your path. Yeah, I, I hands down, Miss Mo. Um, I think for me, uh, again, I've always been like creative. I've always sketched and illustrated and things like that. But I think she helped guide me a lot and help uh, hold me accountable on things like uh, making sure I sign up for her AP art class. And when I was there, making sure I 
um, you know, did all the pieces. And then when I did all the pieces, like saying, did you really do your best? Like every step of the way, I felt like she really helped me realize my own potential. And I think that's like one of the, the greatest uh, like qualities that you can have in a leader. And then um, Marty and I know Becky isn't, <laughs> didn't teach, but they're, you know, they're the crew. Um, I feel like I got, you know, I was really close with their, with their son, Caleb. Uh, he's, he's still one of my good friends. And um, just the amount of times that I would just stay at their house and get morning rides to practice and like stay after class. And we would just talk to him about things that had nothing to do with math or, or school. Yeah. Um, definitely Mr. Haugen. <laughs> he's still yeah. here. Like almost Is every day. He? No yeah. way. I love that. I love to hear that. Um, yeah. We had a couple moments where, uh, you know, I was, I was a little bit of a class clown. I just remember him like, you know, I, at one, at one point, I think I just said, he's such a jokester too. Um, I mm-hmm. always thought that he was, you know, 80% of the time he was joking too. I just remember I was taking a test in his class and he was like, no more talking in class. And I like had said something and he came over and like crumpled up my test and threw it in the trash. <laughs> and I, uh, and I being a jokester as well, like went in and got the crumpled test and uncrumpled it and tried to start taking it. And then that was a moment that we like, had a breakthrough where we're like, okay, you're a funny guy. I'm a funny guy, but like, we're both here to, you know, to learn. And so I think with those kind of teachers, there's like more than just the curriculum and helped teach me some like life lessons, or even it's just dropping in for like that day to kind of be like, okay, a little bit of a course correct was super helpful. So um, yeah, definitely them at Milwaukee Um, at university of Oregon, uh, Deb Morrison and Troy Elias, they're two professors in the ad school, both amazing role models. And again, just like people who I think helped me see my potential, but also they took, you know, an extra step in, in helping me. And I feel like I took that extra step too. Like, I just remember going out of my way to like walk home with, um, you know, in the same direction as, as Troy who lived near me and just like have a conversation. And then, um, with Deb really pushing me to sign up for um, different scholarships and different uh, like field trips and things like that. And so they actually, um, that's how I got exposed to New York really was um, the journalism school has a annual trip every year. They take um, a certain amount of kids, like a hundred plus kids to New York and they tour a bunch of ad agencies and like network and, and they're there for about a week, week and a half. And I was fortunate enough to go on the trip twice and uh, mainly, you know, with the, with the additional help and push from them. But that was my first taste of like, I've never been to the East Coast. You know, New York is a, a possibility. These, this is what I can do with my creativity. So I think along the way, all those people who kind of helped push me in that direction um, have been amazing. And then um, I do have uh, another guy named Adu. He goes by Adu. He's uh, someone that I met in San Francisco through my first internship. And he just had awesome guidance uh, kind of in the beginning of my career to help put me on the right track and um, also have just like another, um, you know, just another role model, like another really fierce uh, black man who's also in the ad industry and just knows what he's doing and has such a good perspective on life. Um, even outside of just work is just a funny, you know, down to earth dude. So those are the kind of people um, amongst many that have kind of helped push me and, and keep me on track. Yeah. That's a great list. I wish, mm. I, you know, I'd like to get to know some of those other folks. Just that yeah. they sound pretty amazing. Yeah, they are. And I like, um, you know, representation matters, right? Like it's good to, cause you talked, you actually mentioned earlier imposter syndrome. I think about that all the time and I'm old, right? I'm, I'm old. So I think all the time, like, am I, is this good? Am I, is this good enough? So yeah, mm. I appreciate that. But it's good to have a, like you said, a mentor like this 
ado person. Yeah, totally. All right. So, you know, what, what's kind of the advice if you could change, not change, but if you can give yourself advice to do, give yourself even one little step forward as a youngster, you know, in high school, what, what advice would you give yourself? Yeah, I, I like to, I I feel proud of myself for always, um, you know, not, not having a ton of regrets. I like, I look back on my life and think like, I'm, I'm definitely tried, you know, my best in most case scenarios, but I think that one piece that I would give to myself younger self is that some of the most uncomfortable things you'll ever do in life is where like the real growth and magic happens. Mm -hmm. And I feel like to let go of that fear of the what ifs and, you know, just, just kind of go for it. Um, Like I mentioned, I feel like I did that along the way. Um, But in hindsight, it would have been awesome to do just a few things sooner. Like, um, you know, I, I play music now and that's something that I had never done until I went to college and decided to bring an acoustic to the dorms and just learn how to play it. And like, I had never, um, you know, because of that, I didn't join choir and, or do anything musically in school. And like my whole family didn't even know that I like sang and play music until I was 20. So it's like those kind of things where it just felt uncomfortable. Um, and to be honest, I would, um, I would give credit to me opening up and playing music as like who I am today, because in high school, I just remember being so, uh, afraid of public speaking and, and stage fright that I, I remember a specific class where I had to give a presentation and I couldn't even get up there. I actually had to find the excuse to record myself giving the presentation. And then when I pressed play in the class, I couldn't even watch myself giving the presentation in the video that I recorded. So I just had so much fear of like public speaking. Sorry about that. I had so much fear of public speaking that I ended up having to um, record myself um, in front of the class. I couldn't even watch myself in the recording. I had to leave the room. So I couldn't even fathom being up there, you know, just talking in front of people. And when I got to school um, at U of O and I started playing music, it just was, took a lot for me to like sing and play music in front of my sister and then my family knowing. And then I joined, um, I ended up joining a fraternity and then I did like a, the serenade squad that would go around campus and singing to people. And then I ended up doing a singing competition in college and I ended up winning that. So like all these things that I wish I had at least started in high school, cause it opened me up as a person. It was, it was less about, um, you know, wanting to sing for an extra couple of years. It was more just like, wow, I really felt like I, I could feel my soul like blossoming after that. Yeah. So um, yeah, just to get back to a point and answer, I think the piece of advice I would tell my younger self is to, uh, is to do the, the uncomfortable things because that's where the growth happens. Yeah. And I, when I'm hearing you throughout our time here, you know, I feel like in order to do that, to get in those uncomfortable positions, you got to like live in the moment. And I feel like when I hear you and I see things, I feel like that's something that you're doing. I think it's pretty admirable. It's, it's really cool to watch. So I, yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. I think, yeah, being in the, in the present is something that I think a lot of people struggle with and I have for sure too. And I think that's where the anxiety comes in, right? If, if you're thinking too much in the past or in the future and just remaining present and seeing what you can do with the, with the time being. Yeah. All right. So music, so this is where I ask, you know, is there anything on the horizon you want to share? You know, you're doing, you're doing this music. Is there anything else or whether professional or personal 
that you want to share or it's okay to defer if you you know don't want to share anything right there i always got something cooking (laughs) (laughs) um i'd say both personally and professionally like right now the world is moving exponentially towards digital you know with nfts and the metaverse and all these things that are kind of less connecting and i would honestly personally just like to create more tangible things that help people feel seen and supported um some more projects that go beyond uh in advertising you know an advertisement like a commercial or social but whether that's like a new product or an experiential space or a new curriculum a board game a new dish things that where are it's creative problem solving that offer connection versus distance um so i would just really love to do that and then musically um you know since it has kind of come so late in my life it's somewhat of a outlet for me um but there are a couple um like uh open mic situations in in new york and a couple other uh platforms like so far sounds where you could sign up to you know show up on a rooftop and jam a little bit and i would just like to put myself out there more in that realm even if it's for fun and i'm not trying to be like a you know a famous artist i i think that it would just be be good for the soul so those are the next kind of projects for me on the horizon that sounds awesome i'm rooting for you (laughs) (laughs) me too thanks (laughs) yeah all right, so this is the, we're going to wrap it up with these five questions I call the rodeo because, you know, it's fun. <laughs> so here they are. What was your favorite spot around high school? Favorite, like, location? Yeah, like, yeah. Mm. Wow. Is it, um, what's next to the bowling alley? Is it called Pietro's? Pietro's, yeah. Yeah, Pietro's has a lot of memories for me. Um, just around the high school, I think starting to uh, become like an upperclassman and, and getting off campus a little bit to eat, I think was always fun. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of being on campus, I definitely got to give it to the gym. You know, the, yeah. the gym is, is where a lot of the magic happened for me. And just the amount of time that I've spent there always feels like home. And I feel like I could, I could still like smell the, the hardwood and the bleachers and seeing yeah. that, that championship trophy up there, you know, so it's in the gym. <laughs> yeah. Well, been a little bit remodeled so i don't know if you can smell the same wood (laughs) looks nice all right um personal model you got one personal model uh motto yeah oh motto yes personal motto yeah i think for me um one of my mantras is lift as you climb i really like that because um it's lonely at the top you know and i think that's something i i gravitate towards is uh, reaching left and right and, and bringing people up versus trying to shoot to the top uh, quick. So lift as you climb and just like, you know, continue to offer adv- advice and, and reach back as you, as you move forward. Yeah. I love that. I think that's a sign of a great leader. Thank you. All right. What are you grateful for? I'm grateful for a lot of things. Um, especially of recent, I've been doing a lot of reflection and sort of, um, just thinking more about, you know, where I want to be, who I want to be in life and things like that. I'm really grateful for my family. I'm really grateful that I grew up in such a open household in terms of uh, religion, conversation, sexuality, everything was so easy to talk with my family that, um, you know, as you get older, you don't realize that a lot of people don't like to talk about their feelings and just, you know, uh, really talking eye to eye and saying, I like this, I don't like this, or, you know, this made me feel X. Um, and just those kind of things I really value. So um, help me develop like really good communication skills. So definitely my family, 
Um, I'm really grateful for um, good health. I've been taking care of myself um, a lot more recently with um, shift in, in better eating, healthier, active lifestyle, better sleep. And I just can tell in my body and my mind that I just feel a lot more sharp. And so definitely health and family and friends and support. And um, yeah, I think those are the, the top two for me right now, but I'm, I'm grateful for many other things. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, I feel like this transition, you talked about better eating, being healthier. Yeah. What is, what is your favorite form of self-care? Ooh, I think playing music has got to be up there because I've been doing it longer, but in the past, like six months or so really adapting meditation and, um, you know, working out in the mornings and, um, getting a good skincare routine. These are all things that are like new for me consistently, which has been really awesome. So I think self-care for me is just really being patient. I think that patience is like one of the the greatest forms of love, you know, to others and to yourself is just really listening to what other people need, listening to what you need. And I think as an umbrella, that patience of like slowing down when I know I need to and taking a breath and meditating or uh, choosing not to work out because my body doesn't need it or choosing to, you know, eat a, a, a crappy snack because I've been eating so good, you know, like, so I think like patience for me has been maybe the, the overarching form of, of self-care. All right. Yeah. Well, I, I asked because it's a hot topic, but I, I need to get on a skincare and I need all these, <laughs> I need to learn y'all. I'll send you a couple. Okay. <laughs> all right. The last, the last major question on victorious or Mustang board. Ooh, I like Onward Victorious. Yeah, I would say Onward Victorious. Both of them are good. Both, both of them are good. Are, I love yeah, Onward Victorious. Yeah, both of them are good. They just have different kind of sentiments, but I would take both. <laughs> All right. Great. Well, that's, that's officially the, the entire show here. So, you know, it's, it's great speaking with you. I'm glad that you shared so much. Um, so, yeah, thank you for everything. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It was good to catch up on everything. Thank you for checking out this episode of Mustangs in the Field featuring Kaya Roussard. I really appreciate and value the time that Makai and I got to spend together. It's It's wonderful getting a glimpse into someone's life and you know, I appreciated the tour, at, you know, at, as I shared, it was a dream. It is, I don't know. I'm always dreaming of having a condo in the city, I guess, as my vacation home. And New York would be, New York City would be amazing. Um, but, you know, being real here, I appreciated Makai sharing a, a lot of things. But one of the things especially is how... You know, even a decade ago in classrooms, we weren't talking about anxiety as really hardly at all and mental health. And Makai talked about how he found a way to allow himself to be recorded giving his presentation so that he can give it in class and that that was such a difficult challenge. And, you know, I wish that we had time to, or he knew both a combination he knew that he could ask his counselor for help and that we had time to do that with each student because when you do the math, you know, a student gets, you know, 11 minutes a school year or something like that. 
each if every student actually went to see their counselor. Something like that. It's not very many minutes. Um, so thank you, uh, Makaya, for sharing that. And, um, you know, so much more. I, I loved hearing about Pietro's. I lo you know, I don't get to go too often now because COVID. I, lo I love that Pietro's. Um, your your mantra, your motto, lift as you climb. That's such a great one. I, I, I'm going to probably adopt that one. I think hopefully many of us listeners think the same, you know, like, yeah, let's, let's, let's do this together. Let's get to the top together. Um, you know, such wisdom in saying that patience is one of the greatest forms of love, you know, self-love and other love, all love. Um, so, so many lessons I learned. And uh, honestly, I'm a fan of students. Just last night, I was with my family out of Oaks Park, skating around, My 45-year-old minding my own business on my skates. And, uh, you know, a young man named Dominic says, hey, Aguilar. And of course, with a mask on and in the setting, I'm not exactly sure who this person is. And so he shares, we catch up, and, you know, the light bulb turns on. I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. What are you doing? I'm here with my four-year-old. You know, honestly, folks, that's that's what I'm a fan of. I'm a fan of you students growing up, learning how to be responsible adults, having family. You know, the job, it's not that big of a thing, but it helps you raise the family and live the life that you want to live. Um, but it's, you know, I don't have, school counselors and educators don't have an agenda other than to support you and help you learn. And, um, you know, so I'm a fan of all of you. And and if you, you really listen to the tone, you, you can see that I'm a big fan of Micaiah. I think all the things that he's doing are, are dreams. And I'm glad that he gets to live that dream that he made happen. And, and uh, thankful that there were folks to support him along the way, such as the Wilkins family that he had mentioned many, many times and, and Ms. Mo. So thank you all for being being the support that Makai needed as a young man to uh, you know to be living his dream a uh, little more wrap up you know again this I talk about that self-care I hope you all are taking care of yourself honestly this podcast talking to graduates learning about their experience this is my biggest form of self-care and with that being said I want you to know that if I'm not able to get you on a podcast, that does not mean you aren't valued. Um, as I said, I'm your fan, whether you're on the podcast or not. I'm just trying to do my little bit to share some perspectives that students want to hear about. Um, so just know if I'm not able to get you on the podcast, it's all love from me to you. So wrapping this up, thank you all so much. You are loved. I appreciate you. As it's been lately, please enjoy the beats provided to us by Mustang Ep, Locus E, double capital P. This song is called Short Run. As always, be healthy and well out there, and go Mustang.